with Dr. Barry Levine, author of The Spider, uh, at the extent if at the extent I'm not, I'm, you're not. Ah, oh, well, I'm not. Well, I'll, all right. Well, I thought you were. I guess that's a compliment then. Barry Levine, Mr. Barry <laughs> Levine, author yeah. of The Spider, about uh, the extensive criminal network of Jeffrey Epstein, available on Audible. A fantastic listen that I will put in the description. Bone chilling. And um, before I keep running my math, how about you please introduce yourself, sir? Sure. First of all, I appreciate uh, you having me on. Um, I've reviewed some of your uh, your past interviews. I find them uh, uh, very intriguing. Um, uh, you know, I've uh, uh, had, had a long career um, uh, in both television and print. Uh, I was um, a Pulitzer Prize nominee for investigative reporting. I was uh, uh, winner of um, Huffington Post uh, Game Changer Award for shoe leather reporting um, over my course of my 40-year career. Um, in the past few years, I've turned my attention away from print and television, um, which incorporated um, 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 magazines, newspapers, um, television news shows, um, to uh, now um, working on books, which I enjoy. It gives me the opportunity to go in depth on um, subjects that appeal to me. Um, the first book I wrote um, two years ago was um, called uh, All the President's Women, Donald Trump in the Making of a Predator. That was for Hachette. Um, that book, uh, uh, me and my team, we uh, revealed about 43 new instances of inappropriate behavior on Trump's part uh, with women. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, 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 sort of details uh, in that book. Um, what was interesting was when I was working on the Trump book, of course, Jeffrey Epstein came on, you know, kept on coming up because uh, the two were friends in New York and Florida. They were neighbors, in fact, uh, in Palm Beach, and there was some crossover in terms of um, um, their um, um, partying together and, and, and so forth. So, the um, uh, I was actually finishing up the Trump book. Um, right on deadline when, in fact, uh, Epstein was um, um, found dead um, here in New York in his uh, jail cell. And it just seemed to me the um, the next, you know, the, the, the next book, because I had already developed a lot of sources um, related to um, Trump and Epstein in, in, in my work that I did on the All the President's Women. So it was a, a natural uh, leap to the second book, and that is um, um, called uh, The Spider um, Inside the Criminal Web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, that book was done for Crown uh, Random House and was published um, um, last October. And, um, yeah, it's, it's I guess, to, uh, you know, it's, it's I interviewed charlie duke who walked on the moon and then i had to beforehand i had to really kind of focus myself i was like i can't ask him the same questions he's been asked for the last 50 years and uh i tried to do that i'm not sure how well i did that and i say that to say for the listener although i normally don't uh do kind of uh i, I don't know structured podcasts i'm more of a kind of fire from the hip and see what happens this is something where 
so as not to fall into Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself memes and, and you know, not uncovering anything new, which, although funny, sure, there, there's there's no weight to that. And um, I so for everyone listening, we did set up or he uh, Barry Levine asked me to Mr. Barry Levine asked me to uh, answer or ask some questions. So I structured what I thought were the most pertinent and perhaps intriguing questions, again, as opposed to just. Although that was one of the seven questions, did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? To kind of go deeper into that, so, um, sorry everyone listening, if you see me and Mr. Levine looking off screen, it's we're going back to the questions. But I thought it it was a good idea, and obviously it was Mr. Levine's idea. So with that, we will start. So question number one: Does Epstein's wealth represent that of someone worth five hundred and fifty-seven million dollars? To a broke 31-year-old like myself, wealth is wealth. Planes, penthouses, Rolls-Royce, etc. But to someone with a keener eye, did he have access to more money, perhaps billions of dollars? And I think uh, that's an excellent uh, place to start because um, it really was his wealth and connections um, that... um, um, opened up this uh, this lifestyle for him. Um, what's interesting is, um, you know, I spent a lot of time calculating the actual cost to his uh, pocketbook in terms of how much money he had to put out um, for um, um, flying these uh, um, uh, victims to him, moving them around. Um, pocket change to him in terms of giving these uh, girls uh, $200 or $300 at a time for the quote-unquote massages. Um, Even with with the monies that he paid out in terms of some um, um, outside of court settlements um, to about a dozen women, we're only talking about Epstein investing um, upwards of um, of um, maybe thirty-five to forty million dollars. That was the conservative number I came up with on his abuse of women, which for him um, and the the depths and the depravity of 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 countless lives that he ruined, um, you can't put it any way into into money figures. But what what I'm trying to say here is Epstein was able to carry out um, his depravity over the course of of many years involving, you know, involving um, hundreds of women. And it's 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 sickening to think that for him it only really it only cost him in terms of financially you know roughly 40 million dollars um which for him was was really kind of a drop in the bucket to some degree um the, the truth of the matter is um that epstein um um it's it's important to, to um I, I i think talk about um um his you know his his real wealth um i don't think epstein had um access to um the billions of dollars 
um, his wealth, and you know, and again, following his death, um, the Southern District in New York, along with Denise George, who is the Attorney General in the Virgin Islands, where Epstein had his um, his homes, um, and she basically froze all of his assets after his death uh, in an effort to untangle um, the web of finances. Um, the, the truth of the matter is, is that Epstein, um, probably at his height of wealth, had real had maybe six hundred and thirty-four million dollars. Um, figures have have been placed about a hundred million dollars less. He was not a bill. He was not a billionaire. He knew billionaires, and he was friends with billionaires. Um, like uh, Leslie Wexner, who was um, um, his his main client for many years, and of course he he knew individuals like uh, Bill Gates and, and Leon Black. But Epstein did not have um, that type of money. Um, Epstein was able to build his wealth, and I think it's important to kind of understand how he made his money um, before we go, you know, really talk beyond that. Um, uh, Epstein um, uh, made his money early on. Um, the, the first real money he made was um, in the 1980s when he was um, uh, working for um, arms dealers like um, Adnan Khashoggi and Sir Douglas Lease. Um, this was Epstein's first taste of... Um, Kind of jet setting. This was a kid from Coney Island, Brooklyn, New York, who, um, I mean, I visited his boyhood home. I looked out the window of his of his uh, his boyhood home, and you know, he couldn't even see a few blocks away. He couldn't even see the amusement rides um, on the, the Coney Island uh, boardwalk. Um, he grew up in a in a uh, a very tiny, very modest two bedroom. Um, a house with his parents and his brother. They're exposed water pipes. Uh, this was a kid who early on dreamed of of having money. Um, what most of his the high school kids remember about him was that he, he was always telling people he was going to be rich and that he was going to you know have a lot of money one day. Um, and he was a bit of a nerd, but he had um, an incredible mathematical sense. Um, and was able to um, almost use his head like a computer. And so banking really uh, beckoned him, even though he was a, um, a college dropout. And after spending a little time um, at Bear Stearns on Wall Street, um, Epstein found a, a hold um, in terms of uh, being the middleman on arms dealing. Arms dealing. And he would... Um, uh, there's nothing that rich people like more than protecting their money and also making more money from it. And Epstein was very good at helping individuals with 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 tax shelters and so forth. I'm I'm a journalist. I'm not a um, financial expert, but I can tell you that Epstein, that Epstein um, understood the options trading on Wall Street, and that was his specialty. And he really understood more than anybody else at that time um, the ability to take 
an individual's money and place that money in tax shelters and help them make a lot more money. Now, when he hooked up with these arms dealers in the 80s, this was money. Epstein was a, a go-between in terms of, of, of bringing parties together. And so he ended up skimming off a lot of money um, from these guys. And this was really his first taste at uh, you know flying off in heli- helicopters and landing on yachts um, overseas and um, having... Um, um, you know, meeting these individuals kind of a, in a cloak and dagger type of way. Epstein always fancied himself this this nerdy kid from Brooklyn, New York, who talked with a stick, you know, Brooklyn accent. He always fancied himself as something of a spy. And, and in fact, he, he used to tell girls very early on, right out of high school, that he was a spy. And of course, it was nothing to back that up. It was it was just it was just bragging. But he was taken with that type of lifestyle, and so the arms trade, um, um, the arms dealing trade, back at that time gave him this um, this sense that he was this uh, James Bond type of uh, character. Um, now you know. Did he actually become a spy uh, later in life? That's something you know that that we can um, certainly discuss because uh, there, there's a lot of great um, rumors and innuendo related to that, and there are some specific facts that, that we can get to. But it, it, I think it's important to understand his um, his assets. And um, uh, as I said, um, he made his first real money um, from arms dealing. And then he um, um, really went into business on his own, um, believing that he would only take on billionaires as, as clients in terms of offering a very boutique financial service, as I said, to um, help individuals um, make more money uh, through uh, tax shelters and so forth. And of course, as the public knows, the big fish that Epstein snagged um, through an introduction was Les Wexner, um, who was a billionaire um, um, from um, from Ohio, um, who um, at that time um, had created uh, the limited company uh, and, of course, Victoria's Secret and uh, some of the offshoots in that company. And and Les was actually a billionaire um, with upwards of... um, uh, maybe um, five billion dollars in assets, and um, that relationship, that professional relationship, and that personal relationship, of course, has been under scrutiny um, by uh, journalists and others for a very long time. In the belief of why it took um, uh, Leslie Wexner so long to disassociate himself from. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, and that really didn't occur um, um, until um, uh, Epstein really was coming under um, um, uh, scrutiny um, uh, by the feds. But what, what is what, what is sig- highly significant is that um, Epstein legitimately made, um, I would say, the bulk of his wealth during that professional relationship. He was, of course, uh, Leslie Wexner's personal money manager. He had um, 
power of attorney uh, for um, uh, Les Wexner. But what Epstein did that allowed him to make, um, I would say, hundreds of millions of dollars was from, uh, from his association with Lex West, uh, Le Leslie Wexner, and to do it legitimately inside the law was that Epstein had created um, uh, about a dozen trusts. And these were, these were trusts that were titled um, 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 science interests, health interests, art interests, community interests. And uh, records show that between 1991 and 2006, Epstein oversaw the, oversaw the sale through the New York Stock Exchange of more than $1.3 billion of, of limited company stock um, that was held by these, these trusts. And that represented a vast pool of cash that was controlled by Epstein. And Epstein would um, liquidate, this is inside the law, Epstein would liquidate large amounts of stock and he would then make large purchases for himself, homes, planes, islands, and so forth. Um, majority of the money, of course, went to charity, but Epstein had figured this formula to make himself incredibly rich. And that really, um, and then once he had that money, um, Epstein, through his um, um, offshore accounting, tax shelters, was able to um, even grow that money even more. So that was the truly the pool of of money that um, um, that Epstein really built his wealth on. Um, there's accusations and rumors about embezzlement um, and skimming money and bribery. Um, I'm not saying that um, through my investigation into Epstein. I'm not saying that these allegations of bribery and embezzlement are not true, but I think that um, if any additional money was brought into uh, Jeffrey Epstein's coffers through this way, it was rather minimal compared to the actual wealth that he had um, done legitimately. Now, there's great questions over um, the company that Epstein had at the end of his life, uh, which was based in the um, Virgin Islands. And in fact, I went to the Virgin Islands to investigate um, his company called Southern Trust. And this is a company that is still under scrutiny by the Southern District of New York as they continue their investigation and also by the Virgin Islands Attorney General Denise George because um, they believe and I, I believe also that that company was a front for Jeffrey Epstein's um, criminal conduct and criminal enterprise. Um, the company itself was um, um, uh, labeled as uh, a company for DNA testing, for uh, cancer research, and so forth. But, you know, I've learned that it really was a front for um, his criminal enterprise, which was, um, 
you know, sex trafficking and bringing um, children um, um, from different countries uh, to um, the Virgin Islands, uh, at least at the end of his life, uh, where he, um, um, you know, raped them and had, um, 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 you know, sexually tortured them and so forth. Uh, it was the, the, I believe, the computers at Southern Trust that concealed a uh, very elaborate uh, sex trafficking operation. Um, and it was, uh, you, you couldn't gingerly, you know, arrange to bring girls into another country without having um, um, a really elaborate um, a setup yeah. uh, in terms of, how you were able to do this. And so Epstein, as I said, was a mathematical genius. And, you know, despite the fact that he did make money for people legitimately, he was also diabolical in the sense that he created um, uh, systems to move, um, you know, young kids around the country for, um, uh, for him and, you know, of course, the million-dollar question is for other rich and powerful men. Um, and, of course, the public knows the headlines involving uh, Prince Andrew, um, for the most part, and um, uh, the fact that Epstein um, allegedly, um, 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 you know, had groomed a, a woman by the name of Virginia Roberts and then um, basically lent her out to Prince Andrew and others um, for sexual favors uh, that Epstein would um, um, basically use to gain leverage and weight on, you know, rich and powerful individuals. Now, um, it's, it's important to also understand that um, um, if anything good has come out of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's death, it is the fact that Denise George... Uh, had frozen the assets of Epstein's wealth in the Virgin Islands. And with the cooperation of the, um, the co-executors of Epstein's estate, was able to um, establish a, um, a compensation fund for Epstein's victims. And um, um, I can I can um, tell you that um, uh, that that compensation fund has already given out um, 121 million dollars to um, um, 135 people thus far. Uh, these are victims and survivors of Jeffrey Epstein, and it, it's a, it, to, to understand the weight of what Jeffrey Epstein did with these young women. When you make a comparison that, that uh, Harvey Weinstein um, victims have uh, collected um, uh, or have received collectively about $17 million, Epstein's victims have received uh, more than $120 million. Uh, now, these rewards um, have ranged from a few hundred thousand dollars to several million dollars, depending on how the um, compensation fund directors viewed the abuse of um, some of these uh, women. Some, some were um, uh, repeatedly raped by Epstein uh, over the course of uh, weeks 
or months or even years, while others may have um, uh, had a very limited um, exposure uh, to him. Uh, so Epstein's wealth, the estate right now, of course, has dropped based on the compensation fund. And by the last um, estimate, there's about um, $240 million left of Epstein's wealth. And the estate, um, under the direction of um, the government and the Virgin Islands, has been selling off Epstein's assets. Um, uh, and there's a question on where, on where that money will end up. Will it end up with Jeffrey Epstein's brother, his only sibling, uh, Mark Epstein, or will it end up in the hands of, um, of the government, whether that be the United States or the, um, the U.S. Virgin Islands? That, that still remains to be seen. Uh, but we do know, as I said, that um, um, at least out of his death, some good has come in the sense that uh, his victims have been um, have been compensated. Not that you can ever compensate in a financial way sure. for destroying lives, ruining childhoods. Um, as I report in my book, um, it is so sad as to what has happened to his victims. Some have ended up in drug use, others in, in, in sex work. Um, he did he <laughs> countless, countless lives um, through his, um, his uh, enterprise. But I hope um, um, you have a little sense here in, in how he made his money and, um, and, and, you know, what's become of it thus far. That was a brilliant answer. And that is why you were an author because you can give uh well fleshed out answers that was thank you that was perfect um yeah so so i was just thinking you know you know the the pertinence of that question to me was um it'd be like if a bunch of like you know middle schoolers playing basketball or kindergartners and then i come along 30 and you know i haven't played basketball in 15 years but i still know some to them, I would seem like Michael Jordan. I'd be twice their height, right? I'd have a better form. I could get rebounds. Yeah. And they might go, oh, that guy's a pro. But to someone with a keener eye, they'd say, no, he's a lot better than you, but he's not a pro. And that, I guess, is where my question came from is I see him. I go, penthouses, New York, Virgin Islands, fleet of planes. He's rich. And it's like to someone with a keener eye, they might say, that's not. But as you just explained and as you explained in the book, he did have a you know legitimate he had a nest egg and there is there is sort of an importance of well when you're rubbing shoulders with all these people and like you said you do have to have an elaborate operation right if you're selling cocaine on the on the corner in you know the slums it's you only have to have so much of an operation if you're an international drug cartel you, you start to get a little more uh, fine honed and as, as insidious and uh, nefarious as it is, it's, I mean, respect the system for what it is, I guess, right? It's a complex system, right? Yeah. So that is, I guess that leads into question two. Um, does it? Yes. And so I'll, I guess I'll set it up with if, and this is again all of my own assertions, if he's rubbing shoulders with these people and he has this elaborate 
you know, sex trafficking operation, which I do believe arose genuinely as his own thing. It wasn't someone plucked him and said, hey, you're Agent Epstein and this is what you're doing, but so, more so like a target of opportunity. Here's a guy, got the money, rubbing shoulders, has this uh, has this devious uh, addiction and is pulling it off well. Ooh, man, you could you could really compromise some people if you just got him and just tweaked it a little bit, right? And so question two for everyone listening, is that referring to question one, is the answer to the previous question probable cause for the assertion that he was an intelligent asset used for nation state and or corporate blackmail? He's so, Mr. Levine. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, there's no black and white answer here for any of these um, uh, questions because there's a lot of gray. Uh, you know, in in every every response, there was a lot of gray with some of the, the the girls, for instance, that I wrote in the book about. You know, were they victims or were they, you know, co-conspirators in some way? Because he was he took advantage of these girls. Not only did he give them money, but he asked them to to bring their their friends as part of the sex trafficking operation. So they, in fact were given money for turning others on to him. And yes, of course they were victims. And, and I justify that in the sense that Epstein took advantage of young women who would have not have made, their thinking would not have been the same if they were adults. But, you know, when, when, when you're a, a 14 or 15 year old girl and you're, you're told, you know, send your friends over and you'll get a hundred dollars for every friend you, you send over at that stage of their life in their mind, um, not fully being able to comprehend right from wrong and looking at it as an adult, um, they, they might have done things that they later certainly regret. So there's there's gray in 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 that sense in terms of you know whether someone was a victim or whether someone was a co-conspirator with him to some degree. And there's a, a lot of gray in whether Epstein had the ability to um, um, use his power um, or um, uh, being an intelligent asset for um, nation state or corporate blackmail. I think that a lot of journalists, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of ex experts, um, I think give Jeffrey Epstein a lot more credit than he deserves. Okay. As I said, this was a guy who, who fancied himself as a spy, loved, loved kind of having that aura around him. Um, but was he really truly an intelligent asset? Um, I haven't been given, I haven't, I haven't seen enough evidence that would, that, that I would absolutely say that that is um, um, uh, possible. Um, I mean, we, we do know that Epstein, I, I will say this, there is certainly a case to be made that Epstein was connected to Israeli intelligence in terms of the Mossad. You have to understand that, um, Fine. that Epstein targeted in terms of, of building his, his contact and his network 
And I'm not saying that that you know that that, that certainly any of these men were um, um, that Epstein passed on women to any of these men. That's not the particular case I'm stating here. But Epstein targeted through New York and his connections in, in New York and Florida through the banking community. Epstein was able to target a lot of wealthy Jewish men. Okay. Um, and I actually think, and I've discussed this in the past uh, in, in interviews, in, in the sense that it, it was, for instance, like a Leslie Wexner. Okay. Um, Epstein was this Brooklyn kid who um, uh, had in, in in kind of maybe, you know, Les Wexner was was used to dealing with Midwestern Jews um, where he lived in Ohio and so forth. Epstein had this Brooklyn um, uh, suede him, uh, this this chutzpah that he had to him, where he was able to kind of talk the talk and walk the walk. And I think a lot of very smart, wealthy Jewish men put their guards down because Epstein was Jewish. He was from Brooklyn. Uh, he knew a lot of people and they gave him the um, the time of day. They, okay. they allowed him to enter their circles. He gave them financial advice. Um, he would help bring different people together in terms of contributing to, um, you know, one person contributing to somebody else's charity. He was doing a lot of um, middle of the ground work in, in the sense of bringing people together. He really excelled at that. That was a, that was a strength he had. He was a, he was he was a talker, and he was able to bring wealthy people together and um, and uh, listen this was a reason that Bill Gates was was interested in him at, at near the end of Jeffrey Epstein's life uh, because he believed that that Epstein could bring together individuals who could help his uh, philanthropic uh, causes um, at the Gates Foundation um, <clears throat> of course Bill Gates like so many others would end up completely disassociating themselves with Jeffrey Epstein. But Epstein was able to, um, I, I, I think, really make connections with, 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 with wealthy Jews because of, of who he was. Um, and, 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 and so he was able to, um, when you talk about intelligence, Intelligence comes in other forms beyond what you might consider, um, um, <clears throat> you know, putting someone in a, in what's called a honeypot, which yeah. is um, exposing them <clears throat> to a, you know, a woman um, do, having surveillance footage. So you have a sex tape. So you have something for blackmail um, um, purposes. Epstein, I think. Um, uh, gained intelligence uh, uh, from individuals, but I also think that it wasn't necessarily always through um, sexual means. Now, were there, in in fact, you know, wealthy, rich, and powerful men that Epstein may have turned on some of these girls to Virginia Roberts to, and so forth? The, the answer is absolutely yes. There, there there's 
great many allegations, and I think that we have not fully heard from the government's perspective who has been caught in that in that web. But I also think that Epstein bartered and brokered um, information that he was able to pick up um, um, through his connections with rich and powerful people. Epstein knew, you know, two presidents. He he, he knew Donald Trump. He knew he knew Bill Clinton. He knew um, the royal family in, in the sense of Prince Andrew. He knew. Um, the former Israeli prime minister, Ehud Barak. Uh, he knew um, um, uh, others, uh, many others in the Israeli government. Epstein was, uh, and of course he knew uh, billionaires who hear secrets and who know secrets. And Epstein was a <clears throat> collector of secrets and he was a collector of information and he was a collector of favors. And uh, he would brag to uh, his girls that uh, Bill Clinton owes him a favor or this individual owes him a favor. Um, but it always doesn't necessarily mean that these favors uh, th that he would gain on people actually came from honeypot type of behavior where he would turn men on to some of these young women. I believe that Epstein collected a lot of information and I think he gained information because he he dealt with so many uh, rich and powerful individuals. Uh, now, would that make him a candidate for um, uh, intelligence? Absolutely. Um, uh, is, is it possible that, uh, um, uh, for instance, um, the Saudis could have been interested in him? Absolutely. The Israelis, absolutely. Um, I think. I think post his death, I think uh, the Russians are in, are interested in uh, what information Epstein had on on certain individuals. Um, but was he actually an agent where he was um, being used in an intelligence gathering way? Um, I, I, I I would actually think not. I, I think that, as I said, um, um, the specter of him being a spy uh, of some sort was something that played in Epstein's mind, and he was a braggart with with a lot of these rich and powerful men. And I think he he he, he passed on a lot of secrets. Um, but I don't think that the um, uh, <clears throat> that that there was true true blackmail and embezzlement. Um, uh, connected to Epstein, um, because I, 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 I really think that um, uh, you have to understand that, that his life that he was living was consumed by this daily need of, of seeing these women, of interaction, sexual interactions with these women. This is something that consumed him. Uh, we, you know, the rest of us were consumed with eating three meals a day or, or working or, or, you know, overseeing our, our, our children or whatever. Epstein was consumed with um, this, uh, these sexual demons that um, uh, basically took over his life. And he created, as I said, 
a vast network of sex trafficking operation to uh, satiate himself, to satisfy himself. Um, most of his time was spent um, uh, satisfying himself. And as I point out in the book, it's it's not only shocking but appalling that Epstein would associate himself at these billionaire conferences or these scientific conferences, and on one given day he, he you know he might be chatting up some of the biggest billionaires in the world at these conferences, you know, and then the next day um, he's uh, sexually torturing um, um, young girls. It is you know almost inconceivable to think about how his life went from a, you know, a day-to-day basis um, where he was on the phone meeting in person with, 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 with rich and powerful individuals. And then, you know, sometimes on the same day um, um, doing these, uh, these, uh, these uh, diabolical uh, um, acts. So, you know, was he a spy? Um, uh, I, I think there was a connection to intelligence. Uh, yes, uh, particularly the Israelis. What did he give them? What did he get out of that? Um, um, I don't think anybody has proven thus far um, what that has led to. It's almost... Uh... I was just thinking when you said, you know, his ability to go from on the phone or meeting these billionaires to <clears throat> sexual depravity or depravity is putting it lightly, almost demonic nature. I mean, you think about the yeah. psychic, the psychological uh, damage he's doing. Yeah. It's kind of like a real American psycho. I'm just thinking of like the movie. He kind of, you know, his ability to show up at work in the morning and it's like the night before he chopped up a hooker. And it's like, it's kind of American psycho, the real life American yeah. psycho. That to me, I think, was when you really focus your 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 timeline and your researching, and you begin to see, you know, where he was, um, who he was meeting with, the scientific conferences, and then you would you would line, you know, line up these these true dates and so forth when he was spending time with these individuals. And then you would take the testimonies and the police records and also the lawsuit um, documents and, and 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 see how he how how you know as you said American Psycho in the sense of of you know meeting with 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 you know you know former presidents or billionaires one morning and in the afternoon. Um, you know, having, um, you know, a young girl tied up in one of his, you know, uh, mansions. Um, it, it, it boggles the mind in terms of his um, his behavior. And I really think that his th- those dark demons really drove him, drove him more than, than any, anything else. But at the same time, there was a constant um, need for... Um, um, of um, uh, getting favors from from these individuals because it was it was like a big shell game. He would he would um, line up his friends with and, and, and help them um, you know 
make money or get financial advice or or contribute to you know to different different charities. Uh, Epstein was kind of a middleman, um, in, in you know in a great great deal of that. It it seems the second only to the sexual uh, demons it was almost a form of like validation, right? It was he had yep. to. I'm up. I'm brushing shoulders with these people. I mean, again, very American psycho. Like you know, who has the better business card? It's he's friends with these people, and it's yeah. I mean, the it, which begs the question: Were these favors? Was it was it honey potting people for an intelligence agency, or was this just an organic? This is who he was. It was all about. You know, was he procuring these women for guys to get videotapes on them? Or was this just his way of, hey, man, you know, if you need this and, you know, you have this interest, I can do you what these other bankers can't. You know, I can get you offshore tax havens. You know, if you want a 15-year-old, I can do that. It, not to give him the benefit of the doubt, it's still, it's all evil. But it might have been very much so he he's validating himself, right? It's like you talked about his obsession with Harvard, right? His, when I grow up, I'm going to be rich. It's this very, it's this all, which, which then kind of on the other side, this all kind of lends itself to, I mean, could there be a greater candidate for an intelligence agency, right? It, it's like a, it's like a prepackaged, like, it's like a turnkey home. Here's this guy with this network who's got this, I mean, before we even reach him, he, he has this network of guys that he's doing favors for and getting favors from, right? It would be like, uh, you know, it'd be like if the CIA tapped Joe Rogan. Like, he's already got this, like, audience. He's got this yeah. network of people. You know, he can interview presidential candidates. He's already got this whole thing. He can control a narrative. It's a lot easier to get to one guy than it is to get to 500 guys. Well, I mean, it. yeah, but, it, it, I mean... It, it's it's kind of seeming more and more like a like the glass slipper. It's like he was just the perfect puppet, and the Mossad came along and he just slipped the hand right up in the puppet and said, "You can do everything you're still do. Hell, we'll, we'll maybe even you know help you cut some corners. You get that guy. You get that guy. You get that. Guy. Just turn this. Turn that. Do a favor here. Pass some legislation there. And it's very. And then if you go in and then research him like you did. Most of us will look at it and go, no, that's just a sick guy. He was doing all this on his own. And it's like, yeah, it's the perfect cover. He was doing it all doing it all on his own, right? It's, whew, yeah, <laughs> it starts to get mind-boggling. Um, well, the, I mean, there's there's no question that, that, it, that from an organic sense, Epstein wanted to have this um, control over his friends. Um, you know, every phone call was was taped. Everybody who entered his homes were caught on surveillance camera, not only in, in New York, but in uh, the, the ranch in New Mexico at the, um, um, the um, uh, you know, at his... Um, um, island in, in you know in, in the Virgin Islands at the mansion in Palm Beach. Um, Epstein set this up not under the direction of um, some um, intelligence agency from a country. Epstein set it up him himself. Um, in, in, in fact, in a in in one of the, the sickest. Uh, uh, I don't know, nuances to this to this story. Epstein actually, 
this was before the Palm Beach um, police did their first investigation of Epstein. Epstein actually had the help of the Palm Beach police in terms of setting up surveillance cameras in his mansion because he had told police that he believed that that, um, um, some of his employees were stealing from him. And so they actually helped place surveillance cameras in Epstein's mansion in Palm Beach, which of course were later used for um, uh, videotaping um, encounters with, um, with, uh, with, with young women. Um, but this was, this was on Epstein's own part. He, this grew out of, uh, out of this obsession that he had. And, uh, but you're a hundred percent right in the sense of, did this make Epstein an ideal candidate, um, for, um, intelligence gathering? Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm most shocked that um, um, that um, Epstein didn't forge a greater relationship um, through an intelligence um, um, agency of, of a country, uh, because I think had he done so, um, I think it's the opposite of the belief that oh he he knew so much that he was going to be uh, that that he had to be killed. I think it's the opposite that. I actually believe that if Epstein had a true intelligence connection, I think he would have been protected. Hundred percent. Hundred Left to uh, uh, f- first of all, he would have never been arrested. He, yeah. would, he, he would have been spirited to a um, um, uh, another country and so forth, and he would be living, you know, somewhere where he would have access to young girls and, and he, he would be protected in, in terms of turning over secrets and information. So I, 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 I think while most people believe, oh, he was killed because he knew too much. I think he was, I think he ended up dead because he didn't have yeah. a truly secure intelligence um, connection. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, um, um, uh, to this day, we don't know, and, and uh, we, we don't know um, truly what's on what's on the videotapes. Um, we don't truly know where they are. Um, his associate, Colleen Maxwell, is coming up for trial here um, for grooming girls for um, uh, you know for, for Epstein uh, here in federal court in New York in November, and of course. There's a belief that as, an, as her own insurance policy, she might be sitting on some explosive uh, material. I did um, uh, find, it, it, we did report in the book, um, and I think it's, it's interesting noting, um, because I think there's a great fascination with the, with the um, uh, if sex tapes actually exist, of uh, not only Epstein, performing these acts on these girls, but more importantly, um, some of these other rich and powerful men, if they, in fact, have been caught on these tapes, and if so, where are they? And I report in the book, um, let's just spend a couple of minutes on this this gentleman. Um, His name is uh, John Mark Dugan. I don't know if you're aware of of, of who John Mark Dugan is. Um, I devote a chapter to him at 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 the end of my book. And uh, John was a, um, he worked in the Palm Beach, Florida uh, County oh, Sheriff's Office. Uh, yeah. 
in the early 2000s. He's a former Marine, and um, he claims that the lead detective in the Palm Beach um, investigation of, uh, of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Detective Joseph Riccari, um, who did all the heavy lifting and really was sickened by the way that investigation went in terms of Epstein getting the, um, you know, the slap on the wrist by um, Florida prosecutors and doing a limited period of time on a, on a prostitution rap. Dugan claims that, um, that um, Riccari turned over to him um, this file box of, um, uh, uh, of tapes uh, and that the file box contained 700 CDs that were each of them labeled with a day in a particular room in the Palm Beach mansion that, that had video footage on it of um, these encounters. And uh, Dugan claims that Riccari asked him to upload um, all the CDs onto a hard drive. And, and, and so Dugan apparently did that. And what's interesting is um, Dugan was raided by the FBI in March of 2016, and uh, he had he had previously made copies of these um, these CDs. So we 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 believe that the FBI actually is sitting on evidence that was that was recorded in Epstein's um, house in Palm Beach. Now, why they haven't made indictments off of that evidence in terms of rich and powerful individuals, that remains to be seen to this day. Um, although we're told that their investigation you know, is still continuing. Um, then the Dugan story took this kind of cloak and dagger um, aspect to it where he fled to Russia, where he's living now. Um, he said that his, uh, we interviewed him uh, for the book um, he said that the MI, MI6, the British intelligence, uh, have been, you know, interested in his material because they believe that he, he has Prince Andrew on his tapes. Um, a journalist went over to the, uh, to Russia and apparently viewed a few minutes of some of the footage in which, um, um, there's a man other than Epstein who is, who is having sex with a young girl, um, and, that, and Dugan believes that these uh, tapes that he's basically signed off on, on a death ticket for himself. And he has sent another hard drive of the tapes to another individual in Russia, instructing him to release these tapes if he ever disappears or dies suspiciously. Um, but I also find it interesting that Dugan fled to uh, Russia in 2016, just as Trump was in the thick of his presidential campaign. And of course, there were questions at that time on whether Putin and the Russians had intelligence and in, in, in videotapes of, of Donald Trump. And again, like so many other aspects of the uh, story, there's different you know coincidences here. But uh, you have to wonder if... Um, um, uh, Russian intelligence a agencies, whether or not they've seen these tapes, whether they, you know, ha have anything on Trump or others, we we you know we just don't know. Um, I I you know the more you report the Epstein story, um, the more rabbit holes you go down, and the more reporting you do leads to other 
aspects of reporting that really can take a lifetime to do. There's so many facets to this, to, you know, to the story. It's, uh, it's uh, mind boggling. And I, I tried to piece together as best as I could for the book, The Spider, a comprehensive account, not only of his life, but also of his death and, and, you know, these um, um, connections to, you know, the spine network and so forth. I think you also need to consider that, you know, his associate, um, Ghislaine Maxwell, that her father, Robert Maxwell, was without question, and this has been documented, um, had true um, intelligence spy-gathering connections for the Israeli Mossad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's no question that um, it was that relationship that Epstein had developed with um, Robert Maxwell that led to basically Ghislaine Maxwell falling into Jeffrey Epstein's arms after her father was, um, uh, in, in, in her belief, assassinated. Thrown off the um, yeah. Killed yacht, although um, um, uh, the um, medical reports came back that he suffered a heart attack. Uh, Ghislaine believes that her father was uh, w- w- was killed um, um, by intelligence. Um, there's a lot of connections here, a lot of connections that can't be overlooked. So um, any belief in the background of Jeffrey Epstein's life to intelligence, to a spy network, uh, certainly makes makes a lot of sense. But I do think, as we discussed earlier, this was a guy who wasn't instructed by a country to set up or entrap individuals. Epstein did this on his own. Yeah. Epstein clearly on his own. It was an organic um, outreach of his um, of his sex trafficking operation. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like that meme of like you don't need to be a prepper; you just need to know a prepper, right? Prepper can sp- yeah. you can spend you know all he can spend his life savings building a bunker, getting enough food for thirty years, water generators. You just got to make sure you have a gun with one bullet and. You know, when uh, society collapses, you shoot him and you take over. You know, why hasn't the FBI pursued this further? Well, I mean, if, if you know, if someone in the CIA or if they passed it along to someone, they might be looking at it like, hey, well, now we have the keys to the kingdom. You know, the intelligence is still good, right? It's still got a shelf life. All these billionaires and CEOs are alive. Yeah, you know, and it... it Again, he did it all organically. They might be looking at it as like there, there's no fingerprints on this. There's none of us. There's no payments from, you know, CIA shell companies. They're like, this truly is foolproof, like, because we didn't do it. I mean, what better way to do it than to do that, look at that candidate, and yeah, you don't even need to protect him. You know, the fact that he got killed, it, right, the conclusion would be, I'm, I'm tend to, I tend to agree with you, if he really was protected, he would have never he would have never been arrested. He would have vanished. He would have he would have fled the country. It's right. It's he wouldn't have been whacked. And uh, and you know it, you 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 would imagine right if he's got this desire for this validation and to again brush shoulders with these guys and to even tell girls he's a spy. I mean, would they even want him? Right? Would they want the guy that's like I want to be a spy? They'd be like, you want this too much, right? They want the guy that's like reluctant 
they, you know, they want to tap Bezos, who's like, I don't want any part of this. And they're like, well, here's some compromising information. All right, I'm in. You know, they don't want someone like me that's like, hey, guys, I have a podcast. Can I be in the CIA? They're like, this kid's going to blow the whole thing, and then we're going to have to kill him. And Right? It, it might have been his – who knows? Maybe he truly thought he was just role-playing. I mean, what better potential asset than a guy who liked to pretend he was a spy than to yes. tap him again and then completely fingerprint-free because it truly was organic? I mean – I don't know, man. It goes deep. You're right. The more questions you ask, the more rabbit holes come up. I can edit this out. I got to use go use the restroom. Is that all right? And then we can keep going. Sure. Beautiful. Yeah, so he's the perfect he's the perfect candidate for this. There's nothing they got to egg along. And again, yeah, you know, why why would you want to you know, if there is like you said MI6, you know, getting involved, if there is video evidence of all of this, I mean, not only is it fingerprintless, they're probably looking at this like, man, this is better like human intelligence than we've gotten since the inception of the CIA. Like this is perfect, right? And it's, but to stick to the questions, so, well, I guess we've already kind of touched on this, but in reference to the previous question about, you know, is this probable cause that he's with an intelligence agency? In reference to the previous question, what argument could be made that he wasn't intelligence? In the rarefied air of trillion-dollar nations, global shipping lanes, and thrones of power, where nuclear weapons and aircraft carriers are everyday variables on the chessboard, why wouldn't an intelligence agency use the path of least resistance, aka underage sex tapes? And, uh, you know, the way I, I would maybe kind of change that question is there are so many things moving around it's and I use this analogy all the time for like intelligence operations. If you're on a plane, you're on a 747, you're a terrorist, you have one bullet. How are you gonna do the most damage? Shoot one person, okay. Shoot out the window, maybe depressurize the cabin. It's another way. No, you shoot the pilot and you can take the whole thing down. If you want to control one aspect, you always want something at the top where there are all these downward tentacles. In this in 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 a time when there are nuclear weapons, right? It's, I think it was the Secretary of the Air Force said back in like the mid-2000s. I remember reading this in Popular Science, and he's talking about the future of fighter jets. And he's like, sure, you know, we're going to get to the next generation where they're going to be extremely stealthy, and then we'll go on to hypersonics and then drones. But he goes, you have to remember that just because it's the Air Force, it doesn't mean we're going to stick to this love of planes. Like Curtis LeMay, Secretary of the Air Force under Kennedy— was he loved the bombers. He led bombing squadrons into World War II and then with the idea of supersonic bombers, nuclear bombers. But when he started to see just kind of how superior missiles were, he didn't need a pilot. You could shoot it from your own backyard. It could come down from orbit on target. And if it didn't hit, you could send a hundred more. Even he had to start going, all right, I love these planes, but a missile gets the job done better. The Secretary of the Air Force in 2000 said, you have to understand at a certain point, if the best weapon to make every plane drop out of the sky is just a button we push, then that will be the Air Force. It's not always going to be, despite the name, about planes. So I'm going on that whole ramble because if the idea is to protect America, protect her assets, whatever that may or may not mean around the globe, 
is it always going to be James Bond? Is it always going to be a guy with black leather gloves and a sniper rifle, you know, or the wire over the neck? It might, it might change face to where it's, no, it's, we have videotapes from this guy who wanted to be a spy and he has, you know, he's got compromise on these billion dollars, these billionaires. It, it might be the changing face of like, yeah, no, it's not like exploding pens and poison cigars, for, you know, to take out a Castro. Now it's videotapes from a toilet and, you know, a, in a mansion in, in, in Manhattan. So the question again is what argument could be made again, or that he wasn't intelligence, which we've kind of already covered, but just to go on with the questions. Yeah. Um, as I said, um, um, I truly, I truly believe that if Epstein truly was intelligence, he, he would not be dead today. Yeah, uh, he been protected. Um, I think that uh, the, the, the basis uh, of his uh, of his life and his and his death to me shows that. Um, um, while he had connections with individuals um, uh, who did have true intelligence connections, um, I, I, I think that there's a that there's a, people are, are putting too much weight on this re- related to related to Jeffrey. Um, Jeffrey was, you know, I mean, he was a very complicated individual in the sense that. To some people, he came came across as a as like an idiot when when Ghislaine Maxwell first introduced him as her boyfriend to some of her well-to-do British friends. They really looked down on him. They they thought he had the intelligence level of of some of the servants, you know, from her her family's uh, estate in England. Um, they didn't think that he was a really smart guy. Um, Jeffrey. Walked and talked, um, you know, with a kind of a thick Brooklyn accent. He never really dressed up. He was he was always comfortable wearing you know sweats or or, or jeans. Um, it, it's, it's hard to find a, you know photographs of him in a tie. I do have them in my book, but um, uh, for the most part, he was a um, really cut from a different cloth. He, he, as I said, he had a, a tremendous mathematical, mathematical genius uh, in terms of understanding um, um, numbers and being able to crunch numbers in his head and so forth to make people money and set up tax shelters. But um, I don't think he, he truly had what, what one would, um, uh, would need to be a true spy. Um, or a true intelligence gatherer, he was not. He, he still he still maintained a lot of very boyish tendencies that he had when he was a kid, you know, growing up in in in, in Coney Island and so forth. Um, you know, but it 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 it, it, it will not stop um, the ongoing investigations. Uh, I, I also think you have to also seriously consider that if, if, the, if the U.S. government, if the Justice Department really believed that um, uh, things were going to come back to haunt them related to Jeffrey Epstein, 
um, uh, that if he was also providing in, in, intelligence in, 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 to the U.S. government and so forth. I don't think that they would have ever charged Ghislaine Maxwell uh, in terms of bringing her to trial, because this is, this is going to open up the hornet's nest. It's getting, getting to the, the roots of exactly what went on, who the rich and powerful were. Um, she's alive and she can spill names. And I don't really think that if, if, if the government, the U.S. government, if they believe that they had something to hide um, related to Jeffrey Epstein, that, that she would never have been arrested. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if she, you know, rolls over and does the deal. Um, I do think that the government does truly want to prosecute her because she did groom these, um, these, these, you know, young girls. She did in a sophisticated manner, helped set up his, his network, ran all of the households, managed all the, the staff, um, was, occupied on a day-by-day basis, making sure there are enough women to give him his quote-unquote, you know, sexual massages and so forth. Um, She knows a lot. She knows Bill Clinton. She knows Donald Trump. Uh, She knows uh, many wealthy and and, and powerful individuals. And uh, she, I think, is in a position to to, um, um, do a deal if she decides to go that route. So far, she is not, um, but um, we'll see. I mean, a deal could happen on the eve of the trial. So, you know, it will be interesting what what, what happens. But uh, she knows, you know, she knows where a lot of the the bodies are buried. Uh, There's no question in in, in my mind. Um, um, And you have to also wonder, when she was arrested, Donald Trump um, said some... Um, you also have to wonder if he wasn't quaking at the time in his boots as to um, what he might reveal uh, or what she might reveal. Um, and that, I think, also goes along with uh, uh, the Clintons, I think, also have to wonder um, uh, what she knows. I mean, she, again, was a personal friend of Bill Clinton. She went to Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Um, you know, that, that that web of, of Trump, Clinton, um uh, Epstein uh, goes deep, and um, uh, you know, th- th- there's a lot there. Th- th- there's certainly a lot there. And uh, when we get to question five, I'll, I can I can give you you know some more specifics on 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 on, on Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Sure. And for for future listeners, today is Monday, September thirteenth, twenty twenty one. At this moment, she is still alive. And now if she kills herself, then I don't know that we'll have to do another podcast, but we'll save speculation for, for another time. On a side note, it is in the most, and I say this in the most loose general broad stroke way possible because she's a demon too. It's almost kind of sad because it seemed like she was just trying to impress him and win him over. It seems like all she really wanted was to just kind of like be his girlfriend. I mean, demons from hell. Like goes without saying, right? Man, it's it's almost it's almost almost kind of sad. Like maybe they just would have been a couple. I mean, they tortured kids, they flew them in, they groomed them. I mean, right, inner circle of hell. The tiniest bit, you're like, man, I wonder if they could have just gone and been a couple. Probably not, but Well, she 
I mean, I, I, I she, she, she loved these girls and hated them at the same time. Yeah. Um, she needed to, I mean, as I quote a friend of hers in, in saying, uh, she told, she told a friend, uh, and, and this, this is quoted in the book that she herself said, I can't, I can't sexually please, please him. And, and, and that is why I need to bring in these, these girls constantly for him. Um, because he, you know, he, he, he needs this. And, uh, it became uh, a sickness in the sense that, um, just like a heroin junkie needs to keep on going and will do anything to get the, get the drugs. She literally was reduced to, um, you know, as a socialite, grew up in a a hundred and some odd room house in in England. Her father was a huge media mogul and so forth. She was, she was literally driving around New York and Florida trying to pull young girls off the street out of parks and so forth. I mean, this is what she was reduced to. Um, And then in the end, she became extremely, um, um, uh, sickened, you know, with the, the presence of these girls, uh, it was like feeding a heroin junkie. You need, you, you had to keep on bringing the drugs into the house, but she dismissed these girls saying, you know, they're, they're, they're nothing to me. They're nothing to me. They became, um, uh, basically, uh, fuel for this monster, um, uh, to survive. And, um, uh, I, I think that's the only way she was able to, 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 to justify what she was doing was a total disregard for, uh, them as, um, as, uh, as, as, as human beings, um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the way they tortured and groomed these individuals. And, I, and I've said in another in- interview, I really question, because I do believe that Epstein's, um, sex trafficking enterprise we never have reached the, the the depths and levels of depravity, um, and, and the complicated inner workings of the system of bringing uh, kids uh, forward. I don't think it would have ever happened if if um, if, if Maxwell had not been in, in in his life. And I do um, I, I will say this about her: she was obviously she had been daddy's little girl. She was completely traumatized by her father's violent death. Um, and Epstein was kind of waiting in the wings to take her in. Um, he needed her contacts and she needed um, his money because she had a, uh, he had left um, uh, limited um, um, funds for his children. But at the time his company was um, under, um, you know, he had, he, uh, Maxwell had embezzled uh, a great deal of money and so forth. Uh, and so she needed an outlet to maintain her, her lifestyle. So it was a perfect, you know, match made in hell of, of, of these two individuals. Uh, he needed her, her Rolodex and she, she needed um, uh, someone to take care of her and to lay on, um, um, you know, the homes and the, and the, and the travel and so forth. But as I've said in, in, in other interviews, there was a time that 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 cross in the in, in the road came at, at that intersection in the road came at some point where she had to make that decision when she learned about his um, private 
sick lifestyle, she had to make a decision, one to go in one of two ways. Either she was going to run as far away as she could from Jeffrey Epstein and never look back, or decide that she was going to be a part of that. And she made that decision on her own at some point that um, she was going to go down this road for him. And also, not only act as a, as a coordinator, but also herself, you know, became involved in the actual sexual abuses of these, uh, of these young girls. And it fed, it fed upon itself um, in this particular way. Uh, and to these young girls um, that they would pluck, uh, the worst thing was is that as a woman, she should have been a protector of these young girls, acting in a motherly fashion or as a big sister in some way. But instead, she basically, you know, fed these girls to the wolf. Um, and I think a lot of these girls put this this trust in her that they would be that she would protect them. And she did um, the exact opposite. You know, she she groomed them and and and, and took advantage of them. And um, I do think that if 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 the trial goes to fruition. Uh, in November. Um, I do think the government will win. And I do think, you know, I do think she'll be prosecuted because I do think that they have the evidence, but we'll see. Uh, this is such a crazy story that anything um, uh, certainly can happen. And, uh, but, uh, but what won't happen, I, I believe is that, um, is that she's going to end up dead before trial. I mean, they're, they're, she's being watched like a hawk um, it is, uh, they, they are the justice department, uh, in the Southern district are taking every safety measure and security measure they can to keep this woman alive, yeah. um, to get her out. Yeah. It's, uh, which again is why I said it's almost sad. It's almost in, in the loosest form possible. It's almost sad. Yeah. Um, so We'll we'll save question four for the end, and for everyone listening, it's not some yep. special question. It's just did Epstein kill himself? It is the meme that I swore I would try to avoid. So we'll skip to number five. Uh, and uh, did he have information? Well, again, we've kind of already answered this, but did he have information too valuable to let out on both Clinton and Trump? If a top secret U.S. stealth aircraft crashes behind enemy enemy lines. On par with, if not more important than saving the pilot, is the use of thermite to destroy the weaponry. That is, our most valuable weapons are also those we are most apt to terminate in the case of them falling into wrongful hands. Is that the case with Epstein? And again, we see this with, right, uh, you know, Mike Durant, Black Hawk Down. Um, we went in and obviously tried to find him, but we also went in and we got the bodies of all the pilots. I've, I've interviewed uh, Mr. Durant. But we got the pilots of the deceased, uh, uh, the bodies of the deceased pilots, right? The whole, you know, no one left behind. They're going to have a proper bur proper bur burial. And then the second thing they did is make sure you throw a thermite grenade basically on the dashboard, destroy the the uh, the computers, the avionics. I mean, I was I, I was having on uh, an artilleryman yesterday talking about like, yeah, no, his job was like, you know, artillery tubes is one thing, whatever we can bomb it. The computer with the uh, locations of all the troops in that area of Afghanistan goes, my job was thermite. If that didn't work, I shot it. And if that doesn't work, I'm supposed to punch it until it's broken. And that our very best weapons are also the ones that ironically were the ones where if we can't have it, no one can. We have to destroy it. Is that the case with Epstein? 
But as I believe you've pointed out pretty uh, well argued in this this podcast is he would probably be protected. He would. It's not. It's not even that he'd be protected so much that he wouldn't be killed in jail. It's he never would have gone to jail. It would never never even made it to to the news. Right. It would have been a very top down. Hey, let this go. You know, don't don't invest. You would never even heard of it. It would just be a name that kind of floated up in the periphery and then went away. And I think the fact that that didn't happen. I think you've actually argued the complete opposite of my point is, yeah, he would have been protected. Yeah, I mean, before I get into Clinton and Trump, because I do have some specifics on them, I will say that I do think that um, the government, for the most part, probably didn't want to go anywhere near Epstein, the U.S. government, but the series in the Miami Herald on Alexander Acosta and what happened down in Florida and the slap on the wrist, it, it particularly coming up in the, in, in, in the time of Me Too, that, you know, it, 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 it forced the Justice, De- Justice Department, I think, uh, to go back and the FBI to go back to the information they had from the Florida investigation um, and, and basically dust all that off and, and, you know, um, based on public pressure, um, go after him. Um, I, I think if that, if that uh, series in the Miami Herald had not, had not perversion justice had not happened, um, I think there's a real question as to, as to how all this, you know, would have played out. Um, but I think that their backs were up against the wall and uh, for the sake of um, the public attention on Epstein that they had to had to arrest him. But I do think that if if, if he was really being protected, I, I, I think Epstein would have been um, uh, would have never, you know, flew his private jet back from Paris where he was back yeah. to New York where they were just waiting. Uh, it just um, uh, you don't let that happen to a um, true intelligence um, asset. Um, you might kill him first, sure, uh, but you would never hands of um, another country would have never put it in the hands of the uh, um, the U.S. to uh, arrest him. Um, yeah, he would put out the Esther somewhere. Uh, or um, uh, they would have um, um, killed them, um, uh, killed him themselves. Yeah. Um, now, I do think it's worth taking a little time to go a little deeper on on, on Trump and, and 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 Clinton and the whole question of whether Epstein, what he really had on them. And and I think that there's a perfect quote that I have in my book that I that I wrote down here that I think is is really important to reiterate. Um, and that is um, um, uh, Donald Trump's claims to have taken the initiative in in breaking off um, friendship with Epstein was disputed uh, to me by one of Epstein's closest confidants. Uh, and I, I report this in the book. According to this person's account, uh, they were told by Epstein in 2016, and this is the quote, if people knew is Epstein speaking. If people knew what I know about Trump and Clinton, they'd cancel the election. End quote. Uh, this is 
I, I can't reveal who this individual is, but I can I can assure you, this is someone extremely extremely close to him who um, agreed to speak to us without direct a- attribution on on this person's identity. Um, to me, that's that, that's a bombshell that Epstein had the goods on on both of these individuals. Um, Epstein also told this person uh, that, quote, uh, he stopped hanging out with Trump for a specific reason. Wouldn't give the reason as, as to why, uh, but uh, but uh, before they're falling out, Epstein claimed that this uh, to this person that Trump had visited him in his office about financial matters. Now, what the, what does that mean? Um, was uh, uh, was was Trump trying to get financial help from Epstein in some way um, um, through some of his other connections or whatever? We don't know, uh, and I can't speculate. But I, I can only tell you what this individual um, said uh, to be quoted in you know in the book. Um, uh, you certainly would have you certainly would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when when. Um, um, Epstein and uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, were together. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the listeners, uh, the viewers should know that, that, that their relationship, I think, goes back a lot farther than most people think. They, they were friends as far back as 1987. Uh, uh, as I said, um, um, uh, Epstein was a... Uh, um, uh, uh, a neighbor of Trump's uh, near his Mar-a-Lago estate. His mansion was uh, not far away, and and the two of them partied together. I mean, this is you you probably have seen the video that NBC put out showing the two the the, the two of them together. Um, there's all kinds of. Uh, uh, I mean, Donald Trump, of course, denies as Bill Clinton, Les Wexner, Ehud Barak, Leon Black, the whole list of men uh, that. Uh, that they took part in any wrongdoing uh, in any way uh, with um, with um, um, Jeffrey Epstein, but Trump, you, you got to believe that Donald Trump knew what was what was going on. Um, you know, I I I, I report in the book, and I think this is this is very very interesting because always. Trump always said in public interviews he had no idea about these other, you know, about Epstein and these young girls. But I, I absolutely believe that Trump knew, knew, had a pretty good idea what was what what was going on. And I tell the story in the book of this golf journalist in 2000 who had been waiting with Donald Trump at an airfield in New York, and and Trump was uh, going to hitch a ride. Um, or actually, it was it was uh, Epstein and, and Maxwell were going to hitch a ride on Trump's plane uh, down to Florida. This is what these billionaires do, or millionaires do. They hitch rides on, you know, on carpool. Flying Epstein's plane, or, or they go on Trump's plane, or Clinton would fly on, on, on Epstein's plane, you know, the Lolita Express and so forth. Anyway, on this particular afternoon, this journalist was waiting with Trump, and um, he left out of the article that he did at the time, but he later came clean that um, he witnessed this very young girl boarding 
the plane with uh, Epstein and um, going Maxwell, and that the young girl was made up to look older than than she was. And Donald Trump accompanied the two of them and this young girl on his plane uh, down to uh, Florida. Um, you you just you you, you just you know you, you just you just put put that out there. Um, and again, this all eats away at Trump saying he had no real idea what was going on. Then you have a completely different story um, from the '90s of this of this particular victim of of Jeffrey Epstein's, who said that when uh, she was 14 years old, uh, Epstein took her to Mar-a-Lago and introduced her to Trump. And Epstein specifically told Trump, and this was the quote: "This is a good one, right?" In the sense that, you know. Look at this, you know, beautiful young, you know, 14-year-old girl. Um, uh, Epstein, for the record, uh, in a a 2010 deposition, said that he couldn't answer, wouldn't answer questions on whether he actually had socialized with Donald Trump with women under the age of 18. Um, There, of course, is the claim, which I reported and investigated to some degree, not only in the Trump book, but in the Epstein book, over this woman who was known as Katie Johnson, who claimed in 1994 uh, she was a 13-year-old um, uh, girl and that she had been uh, alleged that she was raped by both Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump at uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, mansion in New York um, at the time of the election in 2016. Um, parties on her behalf helped file a lawsuit um, um, alleging this against Donald Trump, but the lawsuit was withdrawn um, by her under death threats against her. Uh, to this day, no one really knows the extent of that uh, of that story. Um, and of course, uh, Trump has has claimed, as his people have said, that these that you know she was politically motive that she was put up by uh, people uh, you know under political motivation. Um, to help uh, take him down, um, so I, I think there's there's a lot of questions that if 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 you would like to sit down, if Donald Trump ever was able to, you know, not tell a lie, would ever come clean about what he says, in terms of of of, of really answering truthfully on on what his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein really was, and you know, you, you also have to think. Is he is he sweating bullets behind the scenes on wondering about Ghislaine Maxwell's prosecution, whether she will ever invoke his you know his name during the trial, uh, because it could open up a hornet's nest, and and it's the same thing with with Bill Clinton, um, just like that long-standing relationship with with between Trump and Epstein, uh, the Clintons go back. Um, with uh, Jeffrey Epstein a long way. Uh, Jeffrey and Ghislaine uh, visited the White House in 93 when Epstein had um, 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 uh, put money as a donor into a White House renovations at the time. They were invited to this elaborate uh, dinner to thank the donors. Uh, uh, Epstein was was thanked uh, by Clinton at the time. Um, Clinton or Epstein contributed to Clinton's uh, global initiative in 2005. Um, as the world knows, um, um, Clinton flew a great deal on Epstein's jet. 
um, during fundraising uh, activities for Clinton's uh, global uh, initiative efforts. He, uh, you know, they, they went all over the world together. Um, Virginia Roberts, who is the, uh, uh, the victim who has um, made the allegations of Prince Andrew, uh, has said uh, <clears throat> specifically that Jeffrey Epstein told her, and this is the quote, uh, Clinton owes me favors. Um, and like Bill Clinton, I'm sorry, like Donald Trump, who saw Epstein in the presence of young girls, uh, there's one particular dinner that I noted in, in the book where Virginia was 17 years old at the time. She was with Epstein and Glenn Maxwell. They were in the DR. They were in the Dominican Republic. And uh, all of a sudden, the Secret Service walk into the dinner, and who is with them but Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton sits down at this dinner table, sits down next to Glenn Maxwell. Um, and it's Epstein, Maxwell, Bill, uh, Virginia Roberts, and two other girls that uh, – uh, um, Virginia said, um, we're no older than um, uh, 17 years old. So uh, I, I, I really find it as a journalist, I, I find it, you know, when you, when you look at all this, this information, this research, I, I, you know, for, for Bill Clinton and Donald Trump both to say they had no real sense of Jeffrey Epstein's secret lifestyle, you know, I find, you know, ridiculous because both of them were in the presence of, of uh, Epstein with um, underage girls. I mean, is there anyone in power that isn't a pedophile? I mean, I mean, what, what is the conclusion all of it? Like you see all this and then you're just like, you know, it, it, it kind of feels hopeless. You're like, what, you know, is anyone even allowed to get to the heights of power without being compromised with this stuff? Because then they have an on and off switch. All right, dude, we'll get to the next question. It's for everyone listening, get the book. As a side, uh, uh, I also think that Bill and Hillary are also probably quaking a little bit on, on, on this. But uh, uh, Clinton, Um she was closer to the Clintons than she was Trump, although she was very close to Trump. Um, she was extremely friendly, friendly with um, Chelsea Clinton. Uh, she attended Chelsea's wedding. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, when you've been behind bars in Brooklyn in this um, hellhole uh, uh, federal lockup that uh, Maxwell has been in, where you have someone waking her up every 15 minutes to make sure that she's not trying to do anything to herself um, after, after months and months and months. Um, that mindset that she might have initially thought she was going to protect people, that might be out the window now because no one knows um, yeah. what her mind like now after months of incarceration. Yeah, that's got to break you. That's got to break you mentally, right? I mean, you can, I'm never going to yeah. give an inch. All right. You know, it's just the march of time. And I didn't know that. Well, Waking up every 15 minutes, I would snap in two days. I would start making confessions that weren't even true. I'd be like, Mr. Levine, is uh, he's selling heroin. Just let me go. They'd be like, well, that wasn't even, we didn't even ask you. But what are you talking about? Like, 
that's just me. One night of not enough sleep. I'm cranky. Like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. You go in. I'm not going to give an inch. A couple months later, it's you know maybe you want to go home, huh? You know maybe you don't want to do this anymore. Well, she facing thirty thirty years plus, uh, and you know if she if she gives up something. Uh, and does a deal and, and does 10 years as opposed to 30 plus, that is a life changer. That's a game changer for her because it means that she will still have some years of her life where she could do something productive on her own part in terms of just being alive. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, she goes to full 30, forget it. You know, yeah. her, her, her life is over her age. So, yeah. you know, that is is got to be weighing on her mind if she's going to give something up and try to do a deal. I mean, after Epstein, there's no question that uh, that they do um, uh, that they have to give her jail time um, because to not do so would be a public uh, outrage. Um, so she she is going to face real time. Uh, it's just a question of how much time that'll be and whether she's going to cop to something and give up some names and and you know and, and have something of her life left at the end. With so to go from there, kind of segueing into question six: Was Epstein one agent in the larger network? And I and I had to look it up when I wrote this question. Ordruf, O-H-R-D-R-U-F, was the first concentration camp that was liberated. I didn't know that, but I looked it up for this yeah. question. And I said, was this, was the discovery of, or, uh, sorry, was this like the discovery of Ordruf? Horrific, but only the first concentration camp liberated amongst a vast network where you just, you know, the first is terrible. And then you start to find more and they're linked by trains and they all have, they have number systems and you go, you know, it starts to, you just, reality starts to fracture. One of these is bad enough. A whole network, Auschwitz, Birkenau, Kelmnau, Dachau, is, you go, oh, you know, really, it's, it, it's like it starts, it's like the screen glitching. You're just like, how, it, this isn't, this isn't true. How did this happen? Oh, they have cream, oh my God. And yeah, 6 million, 12 million. So that's what I asked, um, was Epstein's bad. Ghislaine's bad. I mean, are, did we just, rush over like the tip of like a t-rex fossil and it's like oh man you don't know the half you don't know a tenth of it what what are you what are your thoughts on that well uh, i mean just by phrasing the question as you as you did uh you know you should know or the listeners should know um uh, and i know you used it just to kind of flag this this to focus on on you know, was this part of a, of a, of a vast, you know, network conspiracy and so forth. But the, the reality was um, just in terms of Epstein and concentration camps, uh, when you just raised that, a lot of his rel- relatives did perish in, in, in the Holocaust. Um, and as I said, Epstein, um, um, if he had any true intelligence connections, it was, it was, it was certainly uh, closest, uh, to the, um, uh, to the Israelis. Uh, I mean, Epstein had access to Israel's, uh, leaders through, uh, major Jewish organizations, uh, affiliations, the UJA, Federation, Hillel, National Council of Jewish Women, Friends of Israeli, uh, 
defense forces. Uh, uh, Epstein was a supporter of the mega group. This was a group of uh, Americans' most significant Jewish businessmen, Spielberg, Charles Brofman, Ronald Lauder, Les Wexner was a founding member. Um, as I said earlier, um, uh, Epstein had a, had a, uh, a, a relationship, a friendship with Ehud Barak, who had visited Epstein in New York. Uh, Barak uh, had been introduced to Epstein by uh, former Israeli Prime Minister uh, Shimon Peres. Um, uh, if there's any intelligence gathering, uh, there's no question that uh, it was Israeli involvement. But in terms of the sex trafficking network itself, uh, yeah, that that goes deep. That's like the discovery of, of one concentration camp and and a, a vast network that was kind of hidden behind the scenes. I mean, there are many individuals that Epstein did not do this alone. I mean, there's there's individuals overseas who supplied young women to him. Um, a gentleman who was apprehended by the uh, by the French government. Uh, the modeling uh, uh, was a, a top modeling executive over there um, um, who has been um, arrested over there, separate from uh, the Epstein uh, allegations. There are individuals all over the world that have taken part in um, Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking operation um, in terms of either providing providing girls brokers of of, of of young girls modeling agencies who have provided young girls to him uh, there's the transportation a- aspect of getting the girls to him um, and uh, there's no question that um, uh, you know what amazes me is that is that and maybe the Justice Department does have this in the southern Southern District has this in some hidden room somewhere in their headquarters that there's not some you know mafia style chart yeah. with Jeffrey at the top and Maxwell underneath that and then tentacles that go down in all the directions of the of the you know the the there were four women who were named as co-conspirators uh, possible co-conspirators Palm Beach case and then on the sides, you have the international connections, you know, modeling agents and, and other individuals that helped Epstein um, either in exchange for money or exchange for favors uh, in terms of um, um, supplying him with, uh, with women. Um, there's no question that after Jeffrey Epstein's arrest in Florida, uh, where I got the slap on the wrist uh, prosecution for the uh, the prostitution um, conviction, uh, and it was named as a um, 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 as a uh, uh, sexual predator, uh, put on the sexual predator list in Florida. Um, that Epstein Epstein's uh, uh, operation expanded from uh, just getting girls domestically in New York and Florida and elsewhere, that, that uh, the expansion was um, outside of this country and, 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 and focused more on bringing, bringing young girls to his um, house in the Virgin Islands, you know, on the island, because um, it was, first of all, it was off of um, um, U.S. soil, 
uh, to some degree, and it was um, uh, there was a big concentration of uh, girls coming in uh, from Europe and elsewhere that were being, you know, flown into him um, to satisfy his uh, his perversion. So, you know, when you are when you are bringing women in from foreign countries, uh, you need countries who are going to uh, give these girls passports, who are going to uh, arrangements to fly these girls, and um, whether or not you know, families were being paid off in these countries to get these girls over there. Um, this, this, was a, this is a vast network that needs, still needs untangling. Um, and uh, um, why we're not seeing a larger international investigation into Jeffrey Epstein, uh, to me, you know, boggles, boggles the mind. Um, uh, and a lot of these countries, particularly in France, um, out separate from the arrest of this uh, modeling executive, um, the, the French uh, authorities have uh, really did very little uh, looking into the aspect of um, what Jeffrey Epstein was doing at his mansion in uh, in Paris uh, with young women, um, and, and and even more so than the French, basically turning a cold shoulder. You have the, you, you have um, uh, England that for the most part has tried to look the other way and is, is just mortified of, of the attention that Prince Andrew uh, is continuing to come under and have not done uh, more so there in terms of um, investigating him and, uh, and, and putting the screws to, to, to him. Um, uh, it is, uh, you know, no one wants to go anywhere near this because they know how murky it is to wade in this particular pool. When you begin wading into the Jeffrey Epstein pool, um, whether it's in, in England, uh, the royal family, or, or, or whether it's in, in, in France with um, Epstein's relationship with some of the uh, politicians and government leaders there. And yes, he had real connections over there uh, in terms of what they knew, in terms of if they knew um, young girls were being you know, brought into his, uh, his house there for abuse and so forth. Um, nobody wants to look under those rocks. Nobody wants to look under those, you know, uh, under those rocks. For the most part, they have been, these other countries, you know, uh, I see have been really trying to avoid this thing completely. Than getting involved in this. Yeah, and it's, you know, when it's how come there hasn't been a broader international investigation into this, well, man, you got to start thinking back to, like, 45, Operation Paperclip, and it's like, hey, they only hung, like, 10% of the Nazis. Where, where are the rest? And it's, well, a third of them went to the Soviet Union. Where are the other two-thirds? Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, they're here. They're working for us now. And it's... You know, and it's not until it's declassified in the 90s, but then you look back and you see the, you know, right pictures of Verna von Braun and aviators next to JFK and LeMay. And it's like, if if you had told, oh, granted, everyone knew who Verna von Braun was, but I mean, if people had known the number of Nazis that we had brought back, I mean, it, again, it would have fractured the mind. And so, you know, if the question comes, well, how come we haven't hung the rest of the Nazis? Where are they? Where are they? At a certain point, you got to go, oh, let's put two and two together. 
we have them or we're protecting them for because they have right we viewed we viewed the greater threat as the soviet union if they get a missile to which they can tip with an atomic bomb and later a hydrogen bomb it is now a greater interest uh to us to protect these nazis despite the fact that they are you know goddamn nazis because the greater good will be can we accelerate our own missile program and thus curb the rise of the soviet union and then they start weighing kind of what i said earlier the rarefied air well you start weighing things where it's you know at first you kind of want to have this captain america incorruptible you go no we got to kill them they're nazis and it's like look man you know hiroshima and nagasaki are going to be child's play compared to what's on the horizon we have to get missiles that we can tip with h-bombs to deter the soviets and then you get to that point you go yeah, maybe the lesser of the evils is to bring the Nazis back here, right? It's it's a deal made with the devil, but if this is happening, you got to start to... Well, if there's not an international investigation, I mean, you know, how how long do you have to think about it before you start going, oh, is this just paperclip part two? You know, is this... Who's being protected? Is Are they making those same rationalizations, things that we won't know about for 50 years about, hey, we had to whatever with china space weapons and I, I don't know i mean could it be so high up that that that's why it's not happening we don't know i mean it's all wild speculation but as you said it boggles the mind because despite his mathematical genius and his ability to set up systems he, he couldn't do it alone there was more there was more to it so oh yes yeah absolutely mind many many people are uh out there who uh, had connections to the sex trafficking operation who have not been brought to justice. Insane. And now we'll go back to question four, which is the same as question seven. And I I worded it as, I was born in New Hampshire. I went to college in Georgia. If I met another New Hampshire native in physics class, that's a coincidence. Epstein dying in a cell, a botched paramedic response, no officer rounds, an impending court date, Seemingly nonchalant notes, his, his, he didn't have any suicidal notes. Instead, he was talking about how much he didn't like the food. And only a year after Whitey Bulger was murdered in prison is not a coincidence. So, which rounds into question seven is, did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously, <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, the poll's out there, 52%. Uh, People believe that Epstein had been murdered. Um, You know, we we spent a lot of months. uh, I specifically brought in Philip Messing, uh, a longtime police, had been a longtime police reporter for the New York Post. No investigative police reporter better in New York City than uh, Phil. Uh, and he, he he specifically came in to work on the final days of, of of Epstein in terms of what happened behind bars, you know, for my book. Um, listen, uh, let me tell you the facts because these are facts that can't be disputed. Okay, um, regardless of all the conspiracy theories out there. Um, Something that is absolutely uh, uh, important to note, and this is black and white, is that the locked doors to Jeffrey Epstein's cells, or cell, in the shoe, that's the section of the um, um, jail, was 
could only be opened remotely by an officer in the jail's control center. Okay, it had nothing to do with the with the guards who were on the floor. To open those locked doors, this was the master. This had to be done through the master control center in the jail. Okay, this is an indisputable fact. To have those, to have individuals in the jail center opening those doors would amount to a huge conspiracy involving so many people. I just, to me, I, 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 I just don't believe that happened. Um, to gate, to have someone get onto that floor to kill him. Okay, not only was that, there was also a second locked door. Uh, which uh, had access to Epstein. Um, and uh, that was assigned to a correctional officers assigned to the high security housing unit who had a key. Okay, not the guards on, uh, on the floor. We know the stories. We know what happened. The two guards, they were napping. They, were, they did a deal recently with, with the government when they came up on charges. Um, there was incompetence almost at every level. I mean, it is true. It was the screw up of all of, of all screw ups. But I do believe that um, our investigation in the book shows that Epstein took his life, that he was that, that he was not killed. And I want to give you a little background. Um, uh, uh, there's questions that we don't know. The biggest question I have that I would like an answer to is um, was DNA analysis done, conducted on the orange bed sheets that were found in his cell, at least one of which had been fashioned, of course, into the noose. Now, it's a matter of considerable forensic interest because if DNA evidence had been found and it was determined not to belong to Jeffrey Epstein, but to an unidentified person, that certainly would undercut the findings of suicide. Um, we went to the medical examiner they said that's confidential information. They would not answer that. And they wouldn't even confirm whether DNA testing was done on that particular noose. Um, we spoke to Jeffrey Epstein's brother, Mark, who, do, who does believe it was a homicide, uh, assault rather than a suicide. And of course, you have Dr. Michael Bodden, a well-known forensic expert who sat in on the autopsy of Jeffrey Epstein, conducted his own investigation. And, and yes, he did find very interesting um, um, facts to consider about the ligature that uh, Epstein had um, and uh, various medical uh, results, uh, you know, from his death um, that he says points to murder as opposed to suicide. But Baden, what he can answer is he can't cite any medical evidence that suggests uh, that uh, the autopsy found that there was any defensive wounds on Epstein's finger or fingers or arms that might have readily supported a conclusion of, of an assault. And that, to me, is highly significant because... Um, Epstein, and you know, if in fact he was killed, he would have fought back in some way, and there's no evidence of that at all. Okay, um, now I make the claim in the book. This is through reporting that we did with uh, investigative police reporter Philip Messick. 
uh, in terms of interviews that were conducted. We truly believe that Epstein um, knew that he was that that with Me Too and everything else going on, that he wasn't going to get a slap on the wrist, that he was going to end up in a federal pen. And this is a guy that that knew that he couldn't live that way. This is a guy that had to have total control over his life. He had to have the temperature in his bedroom in his mansion set at a certain number of degrees. The towels in the massage rooms had to be folded just so. They had to be laundered in a certain way. Uh, this was a guy who had complete control of his life. And then you take that all that control away. You put him behind bars where he can't even get the correct constipation medication that he's on. And this is a guy who was eating off the floor. Um, he lost, in my belief, he completely lost it and knew that there was no way out and, 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 and did not want to, um, I think, go the route of a trial. Um, and I think in a weak moment, he, he made a decision that he was going to take his life. Now, we interviewed uh, two guys, two former inmates, one named William Mercy, the other named Miles Tisdale. Uh, Tisdale. They were both suicide companions. These were inmates who um, were um, specifically placed with other inmates who had been under suicide watch. And Epstein spent, uh, in addition to speaking to his lawyers every day, he spent a great time talking to these two guys and had a lot of conversations with them. And what emerged in these conversations was that Epstein was severely afraid of being bullied behind bars, uh, being behind bars with the gangbangers and everybody else, led Epstein back to his youth in Coney Island where he was bullied as a youth. We don't know to what degree he was bullied in Coney Island when he was a uh, a little kid there, um, and a you know a nerdy kid growing up in a very rough area um, um, outside of the um, Seagate community and where he was raised, but we do know that he was bullied as a as a child, and we don't know the extent of it. We don't know if there was if he was sexually tortured in a way, or if he was uh, uh, raped, or or um, what exactly happened to him. Um, but we we do know that something happened to Epstein when he was a kid. Um, and when he was behind bars, um, that bullying became intense, uh, and he was trying to hire people to protect him behind bars and so forth. And after a trial, and he'd be put into a, into a federal pen, uh, he knew what they do with, um, pedophiles, with, uh, uh kids who, 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 with guys who attack kids. Um, Epstein, I think, couldn't face that, um, to some degree, I think he's a lot weaker than Ghislaine Maxwell. I think she's actually comes from, from tougher um, stock than Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I think he, he kind of co collapsed behind bars. Um, and um, when he had all of his control taken away, I do believe that it was a mental thing, that uh, he decided that the only control he would have in his life would be to take his life rather than um, rolling the dice on a trial. Um, and, and, you know, when, when, when you look at that, when you look at that evidence, we also found for the book that 
there had been one publicized suicide attempt, but in fact, there had been a, Epstein had been placed under suicide watch a second time that had not been reported. Uh, that this was a guy who, despite his lawyers saying that he was holding up, um, I don't think he was holding up. And these two inmates who know the psyche of other inmates both said that he was troubled, asking a lot of questions about what life was going to be like long-term behind bars. And I think that um, uh, Epstein uh, was a coward and that uh, he took the um, easy way out. And then I think you, you have to take into account very specific facts, the locked doors, the questions over the fact that there was no defensive uh, wounds on, on, on Epstein. Um, it, it makes for a great story. It makes for great conspiracy theories that people wanted them dead. And, and listen, there's rich and powerful people out there today that probably sleep a little bit better knowing that he's dead and is, you know, can't give up names based on their relationships with him and what they may have done or may not have done or, or secrets that he told that, that they told him or secrets that Jeffrey Epstein knew about them. Um, but I think when you, when you take a very journalistic approach to this, um, it is it, 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 the, 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 and again, we still don't know. I, I still have a big question over the DNA evidence on the noose. We don't know that to this day. Maybe we will learn that one day. Um, uh, and my mind might be changed based, based on, you know, new DNA evidence that, that, that could be released down the road about his death. But I think if you look at the facts as they are right now, I think you have to go in the direction of suicide opposed to murder because there's no, I mean, Baden is a very smart guy. Um, and he, and he does point out I, I think some very legitimate questions about the the wound uh, that Epstein suffered, um, but at the same time, I, I don't think the I don't think his evidence is over the top that absolutely um, uh, shows that this was uh, a murder. And if so, who did the murder? Who was able to get behind these locked doors? Uh, because there is video evidence of what happened. While Epstein's, well, there was not a video camera trained on Epstein's cell. There is video footage that, uh, of the general vicinity, and there are no, uh, there's no video of um, of uh, some mystery person sneaking in, in, you know, getting access to his cell in the middle of the night. It just doesn't exist. Epstein, I believe, was alone. From the time um, he was, you know, he, he was he, he was last seen at ten thirty at night until you know daylight the next day when he was found. Um, what was it a? Uh, w were there mistakes made in the investigation? Absolutely. I mean, he should have never been. Um, there's a phrase through the Bureau of Prisons. It's called cut and carry. That is a inmate who is found hanging in his cell. They cut and, and, and carry him out seeking medical attention. Um, in Epstein's case, it's almost without question, he, he'd been dead already uh, in, his, in his cell. And he should have been left um, for, um, uh, 
a proper police investigation to have been done. They should have never, um, the guard should have never touched his body. They should have never cut him down. Um, he should have been um, uh, pronounced dead um, uh, in his cell. Uh, and because it, it, it was evidence contamination, they, they contaminated the, you know, uh, the, um, uh, the crime scene. Um, there were a lot of mistakes made from top to bottom in terms of how um, he was, how the Justice Department and the Bureau of Presidents watched him uh, or didn't watch him. Um, and uh, you have a institutional history of that correctional facility, which has since been shut down uh, because it is um, the incompetence that has taken place there, not only by the you know the, the guards who were who were you know moonlighting that night and sleeping you know through the hours uh, when they should have been uh, making rounds and forging their forging their records, um, you know it, it, it is unfortunate that Epstein's death to some degree wasn't cleaner in the sense because with with what happened with the guards with the questions over over whether individuals wanted him dead, it does make for some great conspiracy theories. But no one has shown me any proof that, that goes further in the direction that he was killed as opposed to that he took his life. I mean, I think the, I think the single biggest piece of evidence would be no defensive marks. It's, I mean, yeah. you, no one, doesn't matter if you're not a fighter. I've never learned how to a fight in my life. You know, I was never in the military. I don't. I don't know any tactics or lethal skills. But I mean, ingrained in in the reptilian part of your brain, right? Is you know, it's like fight, flight. There's breathing. There's sleeping. There's eating. You're gonna throw some, even if it's just this, just cowering, even if it's just something, or if you're getting choked, you're gonna, you know, you're at least gonna be, no matter how uh, in vain it is, you're gonna do something no defensive marks and then the other yeah remotely unlocking the door it i mean you have to go with occam's razor because if it was that then it's well then what how many guys from the inside were involved did they all die and yeah who killed epstein i mean it, then is there not a, another suspicious death at the jail shouldn't that guy be dead too and if they did want him dead First of all, he, again, if he was an if if he was an asset, he never would have gone to jail. He never would have been arrested. And if it did seem that for whatever reason it was inevitable and he was going to be arrested, he would have whacked him. He would have he would have shot his plane out of the sky. He would have poisoned him. You, right? You would have hired a hitman if you had to do it. You're not going to do it when he's in jail, right? I mean, yeah, it's, you would have done it in Paris. You would have had a, a great opportunity to do it away from American soil. You take them out there. I mean, a lot goes on overseas that the French authorities probably would have looked the other way. I mean, you know. Yeah, you, he, you get him with a little girl on his plane and you use that as an excuse and you go in and you shoot him in the head and you say, yeah, we saw, you know, there's a guy, an older man grabbing a young girl, right? I mean, just like he was a perfect candidate to be an intelligence asset, he was also a perfect candidate for you could have at any point just throwing an FBI raid in there and aimed high, right? Oh, he had a little girl. Who's going to disagree with that? You have, you know, in the court of public opinion, everyone's going to be like, well, I mean, you know, it wasn't a fair trial, but he did have little girls in his mansion. It doesn't, 
it doesn't pass the sniff test. Yeah, it's it's sexy. You want them to be killed by a CIA agent, right? And they're turning the cameras the other way. But yeah, what, what's the evidence? I think you're right. He loved his place at 54 degrees. He was a vegetarian. Everything perfect, just his way. And he's in a jail cell, and he can't control the temperature or the lights or the pillows or the... He doesn't have his daily massages. Like, yeah, he's probably killing himself. Yeah, this was a guy who moved among his homes, who would fly on his on his jet. Like people would take the the subway here in New York. He would hop on his jet. He'd go he'd go here. He'd go shopping there. He'd go to this country. He'd go to that country, picking up girls, you know, here and there, and spending time on his island or in Florida or in New York uh, or New Mexico. I mean, you know, when you have that lifestyle and you are living in these palatial estates and you have servants and, 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 and butlers and everybody is doing everything you want and you find yourself in this tiny cell. Um, you know, my belief is that that, you know, really, really uh, killed him. I mean, again, you, you, you have to weigh when he had the slap on the wrist conviction in Florida, he was given he was given um, house release. He was he was given a monitor. He was having he was having investigator found out he was still having sexual relations with uh, underage victims while he had a monitor strapped on his ankle, because the Florida authorities completely looked the other way. He was allowed to go go off you know for work and return to this uh, um, um, you know, facility, which wasn't even like a jail. It was more like a, you know, a dormitory, you know, to, you know, to, to sleep in at night. Uh, that was nothing like what he faced in the, you know, Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan. This was a, this was a rough and tumble place uh, with uh, the first night he was put in the general population. As we reported in the book, he was mixed in with gangbangers. He was, uh, uh, Put behind bars with his absolute worst nightmares, because as I said, he had a, he had a full return to his childhood back in Brooklyn when when he was when he was bullied, and we do know from from friends he was bullied as a youth, and um, everything was stripped away. All these you know all the money, all of these uh, trust funds, and 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 you know millions of dollars in in, in bank accounts and everything. Didn't matter anything behind bars. Yeah. And yeah. even, and you could even take it from another angle, right? Here's a guy that was so obsessed with, with Harvard, with I'm going to be rich when I'm older, or, you know, I'm going to succeed, or, um, you know, brushing shoulders with these guys. And it wasn't even just about the money. It was also I'm seen with these individuals. Clinton owes me a favor. You take a guy like that, forget the whole control of his life, forget the whole uh, can't have sex with young women, underage women, girls. There's also just that, there's that third part. I mean, to this guy's ego, it's where he's hanging out with presidents and heads of countries and billionaires, and then he gets tried and convicted being a pedophile. I mean, that, that ego death might to him might have been worse than actual death. I can't survive, you know, I can't live through being tried with that. 
you know, I know that they're going to find out who I am. And I would much rather, you know, I'd much rather die as, you know, the jet setting, you know, whatever, than as opposed to someone who had it all. Like, that's worse than losing his asses. Because, right, he, he offered to put up basically every penny he owned to get out, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that shows that it wasn't even the money. I mean, it was, but it was it was more. It was he can't be seen as that, right? He can't be seen as a criminal. He can't be seen as anything but this upper echelon member of society well he he always was justifying even to the even to these two gentlemen even to these two former inmates who we interviewed um he, he told one of them he said you know he said i he said, i don't know why they're making this a big deal he said these weren't children these were these these girls were were were, were 15 and 16 years old uh he, he, was, he was trying to say it wasn't like i was i was uh raping um you know, yeah, like five-year-olds, five-year-old kid. He was justifying that what he was doing was acceptable. Um, you know, he he put off his conviction in Florida years before uh, when he came back to New York, uh, and he was among the, the the billionaire jet set in his New York mansion. He 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 made a famous quote, brushing it off. Well. You know, I was convicted down in Florida of uh, this uh, prostitution thing. It's no to me. It's no worse than stealing a bagel. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, victimless uh, crime. I think he said. So Epstein, uh, uh, I think he realized he was smart enough to know that society was completely different, particularly in light of Me Too. And, and 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 everything else that was going on at the time that he was going to do hard time um that uh, that, that this time the feds would, would you know were going to put him away justice department was going to put him away and um i don't know i i i would love to see evidence on the other side that shows that in fact you know to kill him you know you need an individual and uh, you need to get that individual in. And it would have to be a, a huge conspiracy because uh, many, many of the officials of that jail w- would have had to have been involved to get someone in, to get that access in, uh, to, uh, to do this. So, Yeah, it's uh, – and, you know, my mom watches all these podcasts, so, you know, she'll, she'll hate this line. But, I mean, it's like what he said – what did he also say in jail, right? How do you do this? How do you make this much money? You have to have one singular goal. You got to choose it and go after that. That's how you have plans. Right? Like I want this podcast to be the biggest podcast. So I'm focused on that. Everything else I do falls in with that. What Epstein say? It's about the pussy. He can't have that in jail, regardless of the money, regardless of the ego, regardless of he's connected to the Mossad or the CIA or the KGB. He, he's not getting laid. I mean, that, that might ha- any one of these things might have been enough for him to kill himself. The ego, getting laid, not being able to control every little aspect of his life. I mean, th- this guy was detached from reality. You know, he right, like you say, he wanted to set up, he wanted to set up that like birthing center where he was going to impregnate as many women as possible to to put his seed into future generations. I mean, this guy wasn't tethered in like the same level of the atmospheres this guy was floating off not just in the sense that you know the the rarefied air of the billionaires 
But I mean, who else has that just kind of thought and actually starts planning that out? You know, that's something that someone would say when you're drunk with some friends at four in the morning and you're all just trying to say the most messed up thing. I would be like Genghis Khan. I would have the most kids ever. This guy was actually like, huh, I could take this piece of land I own. And if I had all these doctors, I could have these women and I could just spend my time, you know, pushing my seat on the future generations. I mean, that alone is I mean, think of the ego involved in that to think that to you actually the world needs more of you, way more of you. It all points to spending the rest, the rest of your life in jail. I'm out. I'm not doing this. I'm done. It's who knows, man. Maybe who knows? Maybe it's uh maybe the deepest conspiracy is that he paid someone to choke him because that's the only way he could get off, and then accidentally killed him. Who knows? It's uh I don't think that's what it is. I think you're probably right. He killed himself, but yeah, man. It's now. If Ghislaine kills, if Ghislaine ends up dead, will this change your position? Well, I, I, things are screwed up at Brooklyn facility, but the, uh, the justice department, uh, and the Southern district, uh, they don't want blood on their hands a second time. Uh, she's going to be brought to trial kicking and screaming. Uh, the only, the only freedom she has the only decision she has that is completely her own is whether or not she's going to give up names and do some type of a deal to lessen her possible jail term behind bars. That's that's the only thing in her control right now. And that's a decision that here we are taping this, you know, um, in September. She's got about two months time to, to make a decision whether or not uh, she wants to roll the dice before a jury. Will be fascinating, nonetheless. Um, I would love to have you on for your uh, your other book, All the President's Women. I would love to talk to you sometime about that. And can you give anybody any hints on what you're working on right now, or do you got to play that close to the chest? Uh, you know, there's there's uh, look looking into some new books right now, and uh, you know, uh, going to go down some some new roads and true crime and some other avenues, but the, uh, the, the, this is a story, the Epstein story continues to, to be so intriguing, uh, particularly as we get close to the Maxwell trial, um, that I'm going to stay with it. And, um, you know, we'll see if there's enough for a, uh, a, a follow-up down the road. I think we have to get through the, the Maxwell trial and see if in fact she, um, reveals some names. And I, and I think we, we really need to find out uh, more about uh, um, uh, whether there's DNA evidence on 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 on, uh, on those uh, um, bed sheets that were ripped up. Um, I can tell you this: another fact that's in the book is that another inmate in that section did hear Epstein cutting up bed sheets the night before. Yeah. Uh, so plays into the into the the thought that. When he, when that other um, inmate that he had a, as a bunkmate was removed, and Epstein knew that another cellmate was probably coming into his cell within the next day or two, that he had this window of time where he was going to be alone in that jail cell to make a decision whether he was going to do this or not. And I think that, you know, that window he knew would be closing. And, uh, 
you know, I mean, the, the fact is if there's somebody else in that cell and they see a guy in the middle of the night who's getting ready to try to hang himself, you know that that guy's going to start screaming yeah. for guards yeah, and, and, and picking doors and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I think I mean I, I would I would argue Mr. Levine his uh his internet connection is cut out. I don't know if he can this is the CIA. They don't want us talking about this. Mr. Barry Levine's connection. Mr. Levine, I don't know if you can see and or hear me, but I cannot see or hear you. Um we'll stay with this for a minute, see if it works. Uh but I think he makes a pretty compelling argument that Epstein probably did kill himself. I mean, that's just what it seems like. Let me, uh, I'll email him right now. Your connection broke up. Yep, I think we lost him. I hope that's not me. I hope that's not my internet. Is it? Now is the hardest part of podcasting. Um, let's see. Um, so, so his phone died. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't realize he was using his phone. So his book, everybody available on audible. It's fantastic. Listen. Um, and, uh, we will, I will let him see. So Mr. Levine, I'm recording this right now on my phone as well. This is the end of the podcast. The book is available on Audible. It's an absolutely fantastic listen. It's horrifying. It will make your blood run cold. Uh, this guy was a real monster. Um, could have he been used as intelligence? Possibly. You know, it almost doesn't matter whether he does, but it almost doesn't matter whether or not he killed himself. Like his whole life itself was insane. That that's the very ending. It doesn't it, it doesn't take away from how insane his life was. It's a fantastic book, Mr. Levine. Thank you. I'll send you the link when this is up, and. Um, yeah, everybody check out the book. It's fa fantastic.